Well, hello and welcome to the SMW The Pulse podcast. This is the financial planning show where we talk about anything from JISAs to pensions to trusts. I'm Anne McLean, Chartered Financial Planner in the London office, and joining me today is Douglas Cameron, a Chartered Financial Planner in our Glasgow office. Good morning, Dougie. Good morning, Anne. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, so we've had a bit of a run focusing on retirement planning, um, and we're going to change gears a little bit. And in this episode, we're, we'll be discussing the great wealth transfer. Um, so perhaps we should start by defining what we mean by that. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess what we're really talking about here is um, wealth cascading from uh, the older generation to the younger generation, and whether that happens to be uh, during the lifetime of the older generation or upon death. Um, it, it can be either or. But generally speaking, we're, we're talking about a lot of money here um, that, mm. is, that is actually cascading down these generations. Yeah, there's some there's some quite star- startling statistics, to be mm. honest. Um, yeah. Last year in 2020, um, 69 billion um, changed hands and that's expected to go up one, to 1.2 trillion in the next five to 10 years. And between now and 2055, it's an estimated 5.5 trillion that's expected to move from, um, you know, our sort of silent generation, the baby boomers, to give it the marketing yeah. speak, to um, uh, uh, to the next generations. Um, sort of interestingly, 70% of household wealth in the UK is held by the over 50s, which probably isn't that much of a shock, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and 70% of the wealth that's expected to be transferred um, is likely to be from property. So I think yeah. those sort of escalating house prices um, are going to be moving. Yeah, that, that equity will be released and moved down to next generations. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's that, I guess, is also the fact, I mean, that, that just the actual amount of people that are actually inheriting as well. I mean, mm. there's over a million adults a year actually mm. receive an inheritance. So, I mean, it's it's a lot of people. So it's a, uh, you know, a massive amount of people that are actually receiving that wealth. Yeah, and I think probably, you know, that wasn't such a big factor going back um, you know, going back a, a gen- even back sort of seventies, eighties, I don't think it was it was at the levels that it's at now. Um, and again, probably tied back to property wealth. I would I would say. Um, so, what what sort of issues do you think are facing families in this space, Dougie? Um, well, I, I think it's a case. Um, well, one one thing that we obviously look at a lot of time is the tax efficiency of things. So, trying to make sure things are done in a tax efficient manner. Um, but that's really only one only part of the the, the story. Um, it, it's probably. Um, more about getting things done in, in a in a reasonable order and trying to make sure things are done neatly, tidily, sensibly, uh, mm-hmm. and and with consideration. Um, so obviously, things that you would be wanting to have in place from a house uh, would be having your wills in place mm-hmm. uh, and have, making sure that they're up to date and that they actually reflect your wishes. Mm-hmm. Um, having powers of attorney in place as well, uh, making use of gifts and trusts and that kind of thing. Um, But just also having consideration as to how you want things to actually progress. Um, You know, you could be looking even at the sort of transition of roles as far as um, a family business is concerned, for example. So maybe you have the the father that maybe set up the business, uh, wants to pass it down to his daughter or his son or or whatever it happens to be. Um, But it's the type of that, uh, you know, and, and it has to be right for everyone involved, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that transition is a big a big part part of that change, um, and it can sometimes it can be, 
you know, you've got that kind of uh, the parents, you know, the patriarch, the matriarch, and letting go of some of that, I think, can be quite can be quite difficult. Um, you know, it's just sort of purpose and relevance in the family um, is changing, and and dealing with that, I think, can make things some discussions quite quite tricky. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think one of the other things, I suppose, is if you have fairly significant wealth that um, mm. you're, you're looking to, to move down the generations, you also have to have a little bit of consideration about the effect that that major wealth can have on your children and on grandchildren. And, uh, you know, some people maybe are quite uh, conscious of the fact that they don't want to rob their children's or their grandchildren's ambition um, mm. for, for the future because if everything's kind of handed to them in a plate, um, you know, life's sometimes better if you've got a bit of a challenge ahead of you rather than just being able to, um, you know, do what you want when you want. Yeah, I think that's definitely sometimes, I definitely find clients wrestling with that, you know, mm-hmm. especially when it's usually, it's not so much when the children are young because obviously they tend to be a bit younger. So when we start looking at this, I don't know about you, we should probably start looking at this in when people are in their 50s, 60s, yeah, yeah, 70s, yeah. 80s. So if you're looking at it as the middle generation, because that's tending to be the 50, 50 and 60 year olds, um, the children aren't quite generally at that point aren't quite established you know they might be sort of at university or just finishing university and um yeah i think it's a real quandary for how much to give sort of children who aren't quite established on their own careers yeah and when um yeah, yeah. i mean the, the other consideration i quite often find is that you'll have the, the parents who they're looking at their children and thinking well in actual fact yes I'm thinking about my wealth and and uh, you know I want to basically pass that on successfully and, and uh, tax efficiently and so forth but when they look at their children's situation their children could be in a position where they will likely have an inheritance tax issue or they will likely have mm. um, you know wealth of their own mm. uh, which which they need to be considering so it could even be a case of actually missing out a generation Absolutely. to a great extent as well that, that um, should be taken into consideration yeah i think the whole the whole family and and that's why generally i think it's most effective if it's a family con- it might not start as a family conversation but it sort of ends in a family conversation with you know where's everybody at what's the most effective way of doing it and as you say sometimes there's different there's different um children are in different situations and that's another thing sometimes people wrestle yeah. with because culturally i think we are um the cultural view is to treat everybody equally but it might be that children have different needs so some people yeah. are quite categoric it kind of doesn't matter but other people well yeah. they say you know this this child's got different needs and how am i going to deal with that and that that again is is perhaps more complication to consider yeah yeah i mean fun, funnily enough I'm, I'm dealing with clients at the moment where it was a family business um that's basically been sold and the the parents uh, we have meetings with the parents and all three of their children at the same time. So everyone's involved in every discussion and everyone knows what's what's actually going on, which is an incredibly, uh, you know, open way of dealing with things. And you won't get every client to deal, uh, you know, not, not all clients will be comfortable with that. But I think if you can, if you can involve children, uh, and we're talking about grown-up children here, we're not talking mm. about, you know, 18, 20-year-olds or whatever. You're talking about, about children that have got children of their own, basically, um, where they're involved in the discussion and in the decision-making process as well. So it can be very, um, you know, helpful from that point of view. Also make sure that no one's uh, going to have any nasty surprises moving down the line. Yeah, well, I, I think there's pros and cons, isn't there, for those? Or, the, or there's considerations for involving children. So I know I've had, on the kind of con side, I've had one sort of, you know, the couple, the mum and dad are in their 80s, children, 
so son daughter daughter's pretty successful son's in the arts it's a bit and that certainly of late's been a bit more flaky so we had a big conversation there <laughs> and then son came and sort of like realized the extent of mum and dad's wealth and that led yeah. to some interesting conversations um so you know i think that you have to be sort of prepared and probably setting your boundaries within that um but on the flip side of that you know i've had clients come who are in their sort of i don't know mid 50s had absolutely no idea you know i've inherited this money had absolutely no idea and then sort of sat wondering well why didn't why didn't anybody ever come and speak to you know it kind of yeah, leads to some yeah. emotional emotional um not issues, but emotional challenges of, yeah. well, was that, did, did dad not trust me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so, and cause there's so much emotion interweaved with these things. Again, it's, it's to my mind, I think it's good to have conversations about it. And I'm sure you hear the same thing. Well, well, I'm not going to be here, so it doesn't matter. Um, but actually when you start, you know, when you start getting into uh, unpacking that a little bit, you know, we all care about generally, not actually, actually generally we all care about, you know, what happens after, um, and we I don't want our children falling out, you know. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right, and I think um, that that kind of comment that you get from a client, I think, is is said in the vast majority of cases <laughs> on a kind of pretty flippant way. They do they do care, uh, you mm. know. I think pretty much most people do care about it, um, and it's possibly the the whole idea of um, maybe the fact that they're not as organised as they possibly should be is why they're maybe saying that kind of thing. So this is where we maybe need to be sort of positioning things with clients fairly early on on in terms of what what is it we're looking to achieve. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think if we want, you know, most people, and, I, and again, this sort of appetite for inheritance tax planning, I, I find that varies. Some people, you know, are kind of quite relaxed about it. Some people don't want to pay, like don't want to pay a penny. Yeah. Um, so, and I, again, there's all these stats around, it's the most hated kind of tax, but you know, generally people are more interested in what's going to be passing down and when and how and, and yeah. trying to mitigate as much tax as possible is, is the general position within sort of reason. Cause um, again, I think people uh, depending on their financial situation, it, it I often, again, have couples coming maybe in their 70s and they're sort of now they're starting to think about, well, if something changes, you know, if one of us dies, what's the impact on the income coming in then? Or if we need care or or whatever that might look like, you know, what's the impact of that on our finances? Because generally the state life gets in the way of plans, doesn't it? And the status quo doesn't always always remain. so I think that's another consideration people have, you know, have they got enough of their own needs and considering the changes might, that might be coming up to take account of that really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then I think, again, there's a sort of interest in, in that most, so something like 70% um, of the money moving from one generation to the next is unsuccessful because it's eroded by tax or people get into dispute or, um, you know, it, be- it becomes eroded. And again, that's a global theme. The Chinese, I'm not even going to try and do it in Chinese, but the Chinese have a saying, saying, you know, wealth never su- survives three generations. And the Americans have the expression sort of shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves. So again, you know, that conversation happening to make it effective, I think is, is quite, quite important really. Yeah. Yeah. So, on that kind of best practice, what sort of practical questions do you think people should start pondering? Yeah, well, I, I think I think there's maybe three or four questions that people should be thinking um, to, to start off with. And I think, first of all, it's where are you right now? So, you know, what is your current position? Where are you exactly? Um, and really, it's important that you understand that before you actually think about anything else. Um, then, once you're you're aware of that where you are right now 
then think about well, where where do you want to be? Um, uh, where, where 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 do you think you you want to be? Um, what steps uh, do you need to take in order to get there? Uh, I guess is the next one. And finally, I suppose, is what's actually stopping you from doing something now about it? Mm. Okay, so just getting into that then. So where are you? Where are you now? I suppose that's things, as you say, we've touched on wills and mm-hmm. power of attorneys. I guess the sort of expression of wishes around pensions, you know, yeah. that's it. I always think that's a sort of dynamic document. Um, should be pulled out periodically to review and see if it's still fit for purpose. Yeah. Back to your earlier point of maybe we want to, skip the spouse maybe we want to skip the next generation maybe it's for the grandchildren yeah i guess there's the sort of shape of the assets liquidity is always a big question isn't it if we're thinking about property that's not always that's not always liquid not always yeah. as nimble exactly even going back to that expression of wishes thing for for mm. uh, for pension funds one of the things uh, and this is just a, a personal thing but one of the things i will always suggest to clients where you have uh, husband and wife and children and uh, possibly even grandchildren what i'll say is uh, a lot of time um, with a married couple they'll actually want to do each other as their nominated beneficiary 100% and that's fine however I always take the view that well what if something were to happen to both of you at the same time Mm. then even if you put your children and or your grandchildren as minority beneficiaries even just Mm. 1% each I think is a really sensible course of action and it just means that the pension trustees are aware of their existence and so the proposal Portions don't really matter, to be perfectly honest. But what does matter is that they understand and they're aware of their existence. Uh, yeah, and who the people are. I think also yeah. there's that misconception that pension assets are, are you know, are dealt with by the will, which, which yeah. obviously we know they're not. Yeah, so I think I think you're right. It, it, it's, it, it allows some discretion, doesn't it, at trustee yeah. level, if they know who the, who the participants are. Yeah. Um, and then just in terms of, yeah, sort of... Uh, we might have people might have share portfolios that have got some you know i often come across uh, whether some some sort of fairly chunky inbuilt inbuilt capital gains um so that's a consideration you know do you want to pay capital gains tax or do you pay inheritance tax you certainly don't want to pay both generally um so that's another consideration yeah, on, on that, in fact, and again, another one, which um, it can be a, a slightly delicate topic to uh, to navigate is where you have maybe a client that's, that's terminally ill. Mm. Um, if they have a portfolio that is fairly pregnant with gains, um, then the sensible thing there would be for that individual for all of the portfolios or holdings that uh, the married couple maybe have to be transferred into that uh, individual's name um, because sadly uh, the whole point about capital gains is the fact that well it's not sadly it's it's, 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 a, yeah, it's a fact in this situation but uh, the capital gains will actually die with that individual so it's probably more sensible that those assets are held in their name at the point of death. Yeah so you can reset them effectively. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that sort of you know to give it its blunt title deathbed mm-hmm. planning. Yeah. Um, that's another and again it might be it's appropriate to make depending on the size of the estate it might be appropriate to make gifts even though that you know they're going to fail um, yeah. because it will restore something like your residence nil rate residence nil rate band will actually we, on we should probably just say a brief outline of 
of inheritance tax, shouldn't we? While I just yeah. use that, because not everybody's going to know what a residence nil rate band is. Yeah. So effectively, um, everyone is entitled to a nil rate band for inheritance tax purposes. So uh, every individual in the, in the UK has a nil rate band of three hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds, which basically means that their assets up to that value will not suffer inheritance tax. Um, a more recent development, I guess, is this residence no rate band that was introduced a few years ago uh, and actually uh, has increased in value. So that residence no rate band is £175,000. And the residence no rate band and the, the standard no rate band can actually be shared amongst or uh, between a, a married couple. So effectively, when you combine the residence no rate band and the main no rate band for a married couple, you've got a million pounds of assets that can actually pass from um, you know one generation to the next without any inheritance tax. There are some uh, other things to bear in mind. You quite rightly talked about the idea of this residence no rate band can taper down, and that will actually reduce if. The, uh, the the individual's estate is worth more than two million pounds, which yeah. is where you start looking at this, this sort of deathbed planning, that kind of thing. But on top of the no rate bans, you do also have other uh, exemptions. Um, probably not quite as as generous as the as the as the no rate bans, as it were, but they're certainly worthwhile bearing in mind. So you've got your annual gift allowance of, of three thousand um, pounds. So. You know, each individual can gift up to £3,000 and if they haven't done it in that particular in the previous tax year they can uh, gift up to £6,000 and you could also gift uh, make small gifts of £250 to as many people as you want I mean you could hmm. conceivably you could stand in the street and hand out £250 <laughs> to every, yeah. every person that walks past you not that you would necessarily want to do that <laughs> but uh, yeah that's something that, that uh, can be done but Things like uh, gifts and consideration of marriage as well. So parents yeah. can actually gift up to £5,000. So a mother and a father could do £5,000 each. Um, grand, grandparents can do £2,500. And anyone else can gift up to £1,000 as far as uh, uh, gifts and consideration of marriage. So there's there's a number of these things, but they are, they're never going to really reduce your estate mm. that much, let's face mm. it. Um, uh, so it, it's just being aware of the, the release and actually working with them to try and make sure that we're actually uh, doing things as efficiently as possible. Well, I suppose that ties into the word you want to be, doesn't it? Because sometimes, you know, using those reliefs means that you're helping grandchildren with university fees, for example. And it's back to, it's that sort of perennial question of who and when and what, really. And I think, yeah, considering where, where you want to be is 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 a big, you know, what do you want? What, who, do, who do you want to benefit and when do you want them to benefit? Can you afford to do it now? Has it got to wait till later? How yeah. much do you need for your own, um, how much do you need for your own provision? Uh, those sort of key questions to think about, really. Uh, and I think a, a lot of people these days have, have possibly also got uh, a sort of social conscience as well. So sometimes mm. they're thinking in terms of yeah, you know, make charitable donations. Now, if you yeah. make a sizable enough uh, donation to charity, so if you gift up to 10% of the value of your estate to charity, then it actually reduces the, the rate of inheritance tax on uh, the rest of your estate. So inheritance mm. tax rate is 40%. If you gift 10% of your estate to charity, it doesn't have to be the same charity, it can be a range of charities, uh, then your rate of inheritance tax for your estate will reduce from 40% down to 36%. Yeah, yeah, that whole, like, that's a big question, you know, what do you want mm. your legacy to be, especially if you're talking considerable wealth, you know, mm-hmm. it might be, um, 
I was talking to somebody recently and they were talking about uh, building something for their old school, you know, and um, or something for a sports club that they're involved in, which should take a significant amount of money. But it's that kind of what do you what do you want? You know, at yeah, a certain level, yeah. it's legacy, it's philanthropy, it's it's what does that look like? Um, yeah. yeah, I've had yeah. clients that have been looking to set up a charitable trust mm. uh, during their lifetime. And I think the reason why they want to do that is because they want to have some involvement in it. They want yeah. to actually, uh, they wanted to, to steer the course in terms of exactly what their um, your charitable giving is actually going to do who they who they want to benefit from it, and to actually see it in motion. And I, I and I think there can be a great deal of of um, you know uh, pleasure that can be taken over oh, yeah. that uh, for, for yeah. people and to have that involvement. And it can also be maybe uh, a bit of a of a of a, a hobby for them in their retirement to be mm. uh, to be look to be running that charitable trust. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it sort of goes into that meaning and purpose, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. and you say you've got lot, lots of joy to be had from doing things like that mm-hmm. i think in terms of steps to get you there um, my view is actually this is there's there's so many different routes to go down it's a pretty complex area so i think actually advice is i don't think this is an area for do it yourself i don't know what your thoughts no, are absolutely there. not absolutely it's, it's fraught i think uh, and that's mm. that's really where this is really where um you know having a, a quality uh, financial advisor to uh, navigate you through uh, the, the the whole way of of uh, cascading wealth is is uh, very important yeah i suppose what's good with with um with our firm is that you know we've got tax we've got private client tax as well haven't we so it's yeah. it's it's quite a broad range of solution and we've we've been dealing with the money moving from one generation to the next for since the since the beginning of our history haven't we Indeed. absolutely um yeah so we we would be i think we'd both be big at and also just to give you that kind of objectivity I think it's really it's not just the solutions is it it's the sort of guiding through the process that's quite key i think so in terms of what st- uh, we've talked about some of the things that might stop someone from taking action they say worried about how wealth might affect the children you know the timing of that navigating certain family dynamics that might be in play uh considerations of your own needs any more that you might think of there Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's all about sitting down with the client and spending the time. And if we can spend the time with the client, the client and possibly the other family members as well, then that's going to help us a lot. Um, it, it's, it's it's understanding what those issues are, and then working our way through things um, is is really the way to go. I think. All right. Well, thank you, Dougie. Um, and that concludes our episode for the moment. Thank you very much for listening, and we hope you find it useful. Please don't hesitate to get in touch with any comments or questions. Um, never miss an episode. Subscribe to our show if you haven't done some more so already, and rate and review us in the App Store. Until next time, goodbye. This SNW The Pulse podcast is of a general nature and is not a substitute for professional advice. No responsibility can be accepted for the consequences of any action taken or refrained from as a result of what is said. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the presenter or of Smith & Williamson or any of its affiliates. No reproduction of this podcast may be made in whole or in part for professional or recreational purposes. No action should be taken based on this podcast we accept no liability if we change your views on any of the subjects mentioned. Smith & Williamson Financial Services Limited, authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Copyright Tilney Smith & Williamson Limited.